talks about it. Nobody really prepares you for it. And so when it comes about, we really don't know what to do with it. What is it, you may ask? Well, that's what we're going to find out together. Come take a journey with me as we talk about the it nobody wants to talk about. This is As Quiet As It's Kept with your host, Jason Dante. Hey, what's going on, good people? Welcome to another episode of As Quiet As It's Kept. I'm your host, Jason Dante. And once again, this is the podcast where we talk about quote unquote taboo topics in order to demystify, debunk, and give you the real so that you can live a free life. I really appreciate all the support I've been getting concerning this podcast. It's very much my heart on display. And so for you all to interact with me and give me the feedback and to share and to like and and to subscribe to it, always have a problem with that word every week. Subscribe, subscribe. I promise you I went to college. Whatever the case may be, thank you all so much for just continuing to rock with this content. If you haven't liked, shared, and subscribed yet, Make sure you do it, please. We want to get this in, in front of as many people as we can. A special shout out to Everyone Wins Together Productions for putting all of this together. From the sound that you hear, if you're watching me on YouTube, um, everything that you see, everything is in-house by my company, Everybody Wins Together Productions, EWT Productions. So if you have your podcast, now's the time. Let's go ahead and get it together. If you need music for your digital content, I got you. Um, If your audio production music ministries in your church need some development and you're just ready to take it to the next level, reach out to me. Let's have a conversation and let's be excellent for the glory of God. Okay. So again, what's my disclaimers? If you've been listening to me for these first three episodes, you already know them. Um, If you have no idea what I'm talking about, there's three episodes that I would admonish you to go and check out. But my three disclaimers, um, well, maybe it's not three. I think it's just two. But what are my disclaimers? Let's go with that. I am a black, I am a Christian, black man, millennial in the United States of America. So you understand the cultural context in which I'm talking about all these different it's. Because again, these it's aren't really taboo. They are just it's that I feel like as a whole, We don't really give you the full holistic approach to these it's. Well, a lot of times you only hear the one side of it. And so this podcast is a podcast about freedom where we freely we're going to talk about, you know, both sides or maybe more so. I may talk about only one side because the other side has been so talked about. But just trying to be real and honest and vulnerable with you all so that we can have these conversations so that we can live a free life so that we are not bound to anything and that just we are maximizing this life that we're in. Um, So that's the first one. Second one, again, I am not the guru when it comes to all of these it's and all these topics. I'm very much still learning like you and I, like we're we're all still learning. And I just want to, I want to show my journey in the middle. A lot of times Uh, I've said this before on this podcast. A lot of times you hear a good story too late and you always hear the story of about how they overcame, but I'm here to give you the story of how I'm overcoming, how I'm in the process, how I'm in the middle, how I'm figuring in, figuring out these things. And hopefully in doing that, maybe that speaks to where you are or where you've been or where you want to go. So it's important that you know that off the top 
And last thing I want to just throw out there, if you're watching me right now, um, you see your boy's a little silky right now. Why am I silky? Because I am wearing a hoodie blanket. It's a wearable hoodie blanket. I got it off of Amazon. So I'm very comfortable right now. I'm, I'm, I'm ready to do this. So let's, uh, let's jump into today's episode. For this it, this it is something that I, for the longest, wanted to be this it. I actually, I think it was like sixth grade or something like that. Like some school age years where we like had to do a project of like what we wanted to like become when we like grow up and everything. I put this it on here. Uh, so this is an it that's always been inside of me. Um, it's it's something that is challenging me every single day. And I I don't remember a life before I was this it. I've never had something be so rewarding, yet so challenging. And it's such a beautiful journey that I won't take, that I would never, ever want to take back. And so many people want to become this it too. And a lot of people, unfortunately, just have hard times. And my heart goes out to those men and women who want to be this it. But we're going to talk about this it. And this it is being a parent. Being a parent. So I am the proud father of a beautiful three-year-old little boy named Damien. And he is my heart. Like, this little boy is so amazing. He has a smile that just lights up the room. Um, he's so energetic, so joyful. And that's the side you get to see. <laughs> um being becoming his father has is has been such an amazing journey for me. Um, it, it's had a lot of ups, a lot of challenges. None none of them has been really downs. It's just been a lot of challenges. But here here's the thing, y'all. There's a lot of things about becoming a parent that apparently, ha 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 ha, dad jokes. I was not prepared for. So. And, and and some of the stuff I was prepared for, like some people like told me about some of this stuff, but it's one thing when you hear about it, it's another thing when you live it. What are you talking about, Jason? Here, here, here's an example. So when my son was born, you know, we were in the hospital and everything, hospital stays blow. Like <laughs> you get no sleep. And, you know, the nurses are coming in and out and everything while you're still trying to sleep and rack your mind around that in a moment, your life has completely changed. Like, it is completely different from the time that you walked into the hospital and the time that you're walking out of the hospital. It's a completely different ball game, fam. And so, you know, trying to rack my mind around that and everything. And while we're in the hospital and even like leading up to that, one of the things people always say is like, oh, man, that first night home is the worst. It's good. Oh, man, it's it's going to be so rough and yada, yada. And so, you know, like our first couple nights in the hospital weren't too bad, to be honest. Like, of course, like we were dead sleepy and everything, um, but it didn't feel too, too bad. So, and, and I'm just of the mindset that maybe I'm the exception, right? I'm, I'm God's kid. Maybe I'm going to be the exception and the whole thing. I'm going to speak and believe that 
you know, the first night home isn't going to be that bad and it's going to be all right. And we going to show y'all. I, I wasn't saying that out loud. I was just saying that like in my heart, like, oh, we going to show y'all like the first night's going to be bomb and it's going to be all good. Fam, that first night was horrible. Okay. I'm here to tell you, um, I cried. <laughs> I, I cried that first night home. Here's why. Because like already dead tired, of course, excited for him to be home, but just dead tired. My wife, we we decided that she was going to breastfeed. And so breastfeeding in the middle of the night. Um, so that means that little boy, even if she wasn't breastfeeding, baby's got to eat in the middle of the night because they don't know night from day yet. And so he, you know, he he's crying. We only getting just, a, you know, a couple stints of sleep at a time. Because let me insert here and say this. Here's the thing that they don't tell you about like breastfeeding or like feeding a child. They say like, oh, you know, feed the child every two to three hours. That's every two to three hours from when that baby starts eating. So let's paint it even more. If uh, your if your baby is eating every about two hours, say like every two hours they're going to eat. That's from when the mother begins breastfeeding. And so with a newborn, newborn breastfeeding, starting off like with with a newborn, Lord, that was redundant, um, can take about 30 minutes, 30, about 30 minutes or so to make sure that the baby's properly fed and that both breasts are properly emptied of the milk. So it's not really every two hours. It's really now we're down to an hour and a half. But then you also factor in the burps and trying to make sure that the little Joker stays awake and whatnot. Maybe it even gets down to about hour 15 or an hour, you know, when it's all said and done. Nobody prepared us for that, man, because like, of course, I'm not the one breastfeeding, but I, I try to be a very supportive husband. Right. So I, I, I try to stay awake try to be there, try to help as I can. Because again, my wife has never breastfed. This is a whole brand new thing for us. I want to be there for her. There's actually a picture. If if, if I can find it, um, I'm, I might show y'all. <laughs> but there's a picture of me that, you know, I try to get up in the middle of the night with my wife um, while she breastfed. And I'm literally like slumped over sleep because I just, I just couldn't hang. Like, that, that mother anointing is different. It's different, fam. So anyway, back to the first night. We're talking about the first night still. So again, like, so we're only maybe sleeping like an hour at a time. And that is super rough. Now, to make matters worse, the first night that he's home, he ended up um, spitting up in the middle of the night. And so our minds go to, oh, great. He could have just completely choked on his spit up and everything like that. And so, you know, my wife is amazing. She got him and everything. I'm waking up and everything. And so that's what caused the tears because I'm like, I didn't hear, I didn't hear him. I didn't hear him at all. And I'm sitting there crying like, oh God, uh, I didn't hear my son. Uh, he could have choked on his spit up. Uh, he could have suffocated and I didn't hear him. I wasn't there for him already. Oh my God, I don't know about this. Like I, I was a wreck. Like them first couple weeks of him being alive, I have never cried so much because it 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 is so... 
such a drastic change from your normal get down and everything. And being in charge of a baby full time is a lot. Because one one thing that helped me to become uh be one thing that helped me become ready for a child was being an uncle. Now I'm I'm an uncle of eight beautiful children. I want to make sure I, I get them all. It's either eight or nine. It's eight. Um, let, let's go with eight for right now. But um, I'm I, and I'm not gonna name them all because you don't need a name. You don't need to know all their names, but. Eight beautiful nieces and nephews that I have. I love being an uncle. I love being a Theo. It is, it's an amazing thing. But I have to point out one specific niece, um, my oldest niece, Brooklyn. My oldest niece and actually my oldest nephew. So my oldest niece, Brooklyn, my oldest nephew, uh, Mauricio. They were the two oldest before um, that, that I really had a lot of time with. And uh, like spend a lot of time with and practice on them, change their diapers. Brooklyn was the first um, little person that I babysat like on my own and everything. And so they really prepared me to be a parent. And it, it you know, I'm, I'm super thankful for them and their living. You know, if if y'all are listening, Uncle Tio loves y'all so much, so so much. So with that, I, I yes, I love being an uncle. But here's the beautiful thing about being an uncle. You can have all the fun and some of the responsibility. Just, just, just a little bit of the responsibility. Just a little bit of the, hey, don't touch that. Hey, I'm just make sure to keep you alive enough until your parents get here. Like, it, it's, it's a much easier job. With having your own child... You really just sitting there like, when are your parents coming? And then you realize, oh, snap, I'm the parent. And so your parents aren't coming because they're already here. So you you just going to be here forever. So it's like, yes, you get to enjoy all the good things about the baby, all the all the love, all the kisses, the, the growing up and the turning over and, and all the beautiful things. But you also have to deal with the other side. Um, I, I I really believe, and maybe I'll do an episode on this. I don't know, but there really is a backside of a, of a blessing. There's there's always there's always two parts to it. So being a parent, the the beautiful parts of it, seeing this little person grow, children embody unconditional love in such a unique lovely beautiful way um the the way that they grow the way that they catch on the language or to catch on to um different other skills and just to see that growth from you know tummy time to rolling over to crawling to walking to running to talking to more talking to the like them like being aware of like who you are and like all that kind of stuff. It is beautiful. The backside of it is sleep. <laughs> sleep, my old friend. I miss you so much. The, to to sleep and 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 y'all y'all go ahead talk to um our 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 former our our former lover sleep. I, I miss you so much. I took you for granted when. Um, I had easy access to you. You, you, you always kept me refreshed. You always welcomed me. Sleep. I miss you so much, and I, I just really hope that 
Um, the damage hasn't been done so much to where you can't come back into my life. I want you back in my life very much. Um, I hope you find me very soon. I love you. Sleep. Um, sleep, dog. Now, don't get me wrong. You're going to sleep again, okay? Like, even as I'm recording this right now, um, I put my son down maybe about half hour, hour ago. He's he sleep. I'm not worried about it because I know he's all right. We got a little camera that watches him. That little Negro good, okay? <laughs> um, but your sleep definitely does change. Like, I have become a morning person because I just realized I needed to get some time to myself. And so I had to, I, I decided to start waking up before everybody. And so I've become more and more of a morning person. But man, like, here, here's another thing that they, they don't tell you. As quiet as it's kept, even when they get older, the sleep gets better, but you never get back to that non-child sleep. Here's what I mean. At about 5.45 Saturday, uh, at the time that I'm recording this, at 5.45 Saturday, 5.45 in the morning, I wake up to little footsteps because that's another thing. Like when you're when you're a parent and you're asleep, you're a lot more aware, even in dead sleep. So I hear little footsteps, hear a little knock on the door. I hear our bedroom door open. And then, you know, I feel a little gentle hand tap me and I'm like, oh, that's sweet. That's my son. Then this little joker starts climbing on my head. He's sitting on my head, giggling like it's 3 p.m. in the afternoon. And it's like, bro, get off my head. I'm I'm you see me in a dark room with my head in the pillow sleep. But you just like, yeah, that's all cool in the game. Let me go ahead, climb on dad's head right quick. And it's like, dude. And like, I like, I still have not recovered from that. Nap times? Oh, dog, listen, I be wanting to throw him in his bed when it's nap time. Because it's just like, oh, these sweet, serene Two hours of like not having to do any kind of Bluey or Mickey or any kind of like answering random questions. Like it's it's I I love nap time. I'm not gonna take it for granted. He he still got maybe like another year or so of like napping, but man, like it, it's those kind of things that they don't talk to you about. Another thing that I wasn't prepared for was the true irrationality of a child. Because, you know, we're all older, and so we all think we know more and everything. And so try to reason with a child. You really can't. And so in the time that I'm trying to like, hey, let me just try to explain this to you, he's not getting that. And so I have to find a way to explain it in a way that he gets it. But it's like it just becomes a big problem. Like, so, for example, we were in the car today. And in the car, he's talking to um, his mom about something about like, mommy red. I'm like, red? Like, babe, what are you talking about? Red. Oh, Damien, Damien, stop screaming. What are you talking about? Red. And it's so, so it's like, that's illogical, right? If, if somebody says, hey, I don't know what you're talking about. You're going to explain, hey, this is what I'm talking about. He can't formulate that. So all he knows is just to repeat it and just to repeat it louder. And it's like, sweet. Jesus, son, why? <laughs> it, it's, man, I was not prepared for that. 
And and here's here's one of the biggest things that I feel like I wasn't prepared for. The rage and the anger that bellows up in my belly when he does not eat his food. Dog, I and and I, I like really sit with it sometimes. Like, why am I getting this upset? And here's why, because especially with our little guy, he he was born a little guy, five pounds, 11 ounces. He was a little, it was a little something. And so like, you know, with, with doctors and everything, they always kind of freak you out because when a baby's born, they're one weight, they're going to lose weight while they're in the hospital. And so then you, it's, you just feel like, especially when you have a small baby, like you like, oh man, all right, got to feed them, feed them, got to put on weight, got to put on weight. And so like making sure that they're well fed becomes a very like thing to you to make sure that they're putting on weight at a healthy rate and that they're growing and hitting all their milestones and everything. And, you know, at first it's all good. You know, you got a good rhythm with bottles. And then when you, when you uh, switch over to solid food, solid food is all good. And, you know, you, they're just eating whatever you put in front of them. You know, can of green beans, let's hit it. Sweet potatoes, bomb. Bananas, this is dope. Like, all of it's all good. Then you start to go into, like, the more solid foods, like... Like we would be giving our son like gnocchi and like just different things like that. And whatever we would put in front of him, he would eat and eat its entirety. And it was the most beautiful thing. It's just like, ah, you're just eating whatever. Then came a point out of nowhere. He just like, yeah, this eating thing, fam. Yeah, I'm good. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm cool on eating. And it's just like one of my main functions as your father as one of your parents, is to make sure that you stay alive. And one of the main ways you stay alive is by eating your food. And so help me keep you alive by eating your food. It's exactly what you want. We talked about it. Like, I will have conversations. Hey, Damien, what do you want to eat? Uh, you know, sometimes, especially breakfast, breakfast is my thing. I'll make him like a little like piggy pancake. Right. And so it'll be like, you know, two little pancakes as the ear, the big pancake as the face, um, you know, some blueberries as the eyes, you know, some banana as the nose. And then I'll even give some strawberry eyebrows and stuff. Your boy does it up. OK. And so, you know, do it up like what he wants. I know he likes bacon, so I'll give him bacon and everything and even give him a little bit of juice because I know he likes juice. And then, you know, I try to act like, hey, I don't care. Go ahead, eat it, whatever. And then I go and look back and like all the piggy pancake is still there. And I'm like, why you do this to me? Again, one of my main functions as your father right now is just to keep you the freak alive. Help me keep you alive by eating the food that will nourish your body that will help you stay alive. But yet and still, they go into this food strike. Well, not only will they not eat certain foods, they'll basically won't eat anything, even if it is the trusted foods. So we got into a, a, a time where, OK, he wouldn't eat nothing but mac and cheese. All right, cool. So we're going to hit him with this mac and cheese. Boom, boom, boom. Then for like a good six, seven months, it's like, oh, OK, I'm not eating no mac and cheese at all. And it's like, you don't eat anything else. Come on. It, bro, it, it, and of course I get angry and enraged because it's really just a, a fear response, right? Because again, 
my only job is to keep you alive. And so I get afraid and scared because I'm like, I don't want him to lose weight or be malnourished or anything like that. And and especially he's at this age now where it's all about the snacks, right? Like, like he'll be like, oh, daddy, I'm hungry. Okay. I'll be like, all right, what do you want? He said, I want a papa squish. A papa squish is a popsicle. <laughs> and so he's like, oh, I want a popsicle. I'm like, no, you're not really hungry. You just want a sweet treat like a fruit popsicle. No, you're not getting that. You have to have something more substantial. So it, it's, it's those things that just make you wild and, and just, it just boggles your mind. I was not prepared for all of that. I thought just, Hey, when you tell a child to eat, they're going to eat when they get picky. All right, cool. We're going to be picky, but they'll keep with their, you know, foods. But it's like when they like then start to strike against the foods that they were picky with. And like my son, he, he's not, he doesn't like to eat meat. And so it's like, okay, that's cool. But it's like, like, you can't even give me a chicken nugget. Like, come on, bro. And like, I can't, I can't just literally give you fries all the time. And I'm definitely not going to be a short order chef like that. That's not, that's not the move either. It, it, I just, all I'm saying, um, and hopefully you are identifying with some of this or just smiling as you're hearing it. But I'm just saying, just as quiet as it's kept, nobody told me about that. Um, also, nobody told you just like, just, it, it's just a, it's just a lot, but it's so beautiful. Um, I, I, I truly love being a dad. Um, it, it's, it's a pride and joy to be a dad. Very last thing I'll say, and then I'll, I'll tell, I'll talk to you all about some of the stuff that I'm learning, um, in being a father. Then you get to a crazy part where like you of course, remember all the, the stuff and, you know, the headache of like infancy and, you know, having an, a newborn and all that kind of stuff and whatnot. And so then there starts to come a point where you slowly start to think like, okay, well, maybe I can do this again. And it's like, wow, like really going to do this again? Because there is a moment where Damien Jason Harrison was going to be an only child. I'm here to tell you. But it's like now it's like, OK, well, maybe like maybe it's time. Maybe it's not. I don't know. We'll see. But it's it, it's it's those kind of things, man. It, it's such a, a wild ride. And it's so amazing. But here here's some of the things that I'm learning. I'm learning that like that parent good of like knowing what's right for your child or what's not right for your child you have to trust that parent gut because, again, your, their parents aren't coming to get them because they're already there. You're the parent. So you, you, you have to trust that gut. Case in point, when it was time to, this was like right before the pandemic, when it was time to uh, find Damien a little daycare, we wanted to put him in daycare. We found a daycare that was pretty cheap and like we were okay with it, but there were some things that we just weren't feeling. So then here comes the morning of the morning of that we're supposed to take this little guy into daycare. And there was like one, there was this one more thing that was added. And, you know, I started kind of like flipping out a little bit. And then Lisey kind of, I'm sorry, then Lisette starts looking at me and uh, Lisette, my wife. And so she starts looking at me like, like, babe, are you okay? And 
that morning we decided that we're not going to take him into the daycare that we already had set up to take him into because we just knew in our heart of hearts that's not the place that was best for us and best for him. For others, that place worked fine. There was nothing, there was nothing wrong with that. But for us, that wasn't what we needed. That wasn't what we felt like was best for our child. And so we had to trust that. And so with that, um, for the next cup for for the like the next month, almost two months, I was my my job was so cool back in Charlotte. Um, I used to live in Charlotte. Um, I had an amazing job at a Bright Blessings. It is a nonprofit in Matthews, North Carolina. It's a it's a beautiful place. I worked with some amazing, beautiful people. Saw some of the best volunteers you will ever see in your life. And um, my my boss was so cool that she let me bring in my son with me to work. Now, I, I work with groups of volunteers. And so for that little bit of time, groups of volunteers would see my son strapped into me and everything. Like I had the little like daddy or like just a little baby holder. And I would lead groups in their volunteer projects. But like, again, that's all the result because we tried to settle for something that we knew wasn't right for our kid. And so we had to trust the gut. We had to trust that deep parent gut that says, no, this isn't right for him. We have to make sure that we protect him above all costs and make sure that we do what's right for our son. That's going to be different for everybody. But for us, we knew that wasn't the right decision. And so we had to rectify it. Plain and simple. And so like that parent good and like really getting your mind to be like, I have to be this child's advocate. Like to really advocate for them, to really push and make sure that they're getting the the treatment that they need, make sure that they're like everything, you know, from when to go to a doctor and when not to go to a doctor, when like everything, like it's really all on you. Because God so graciously gave you this child to steward and take care of. And so if you feel something in your gut that's like, mm, that's not right, or that's not the right decision, or that's not the right thing for us, you have to trust it. You, you have to trust it. You can't second guess it. You have to trust it. That's what I've been learning. I've been also learning a lot more about God I've been lot, I've been learning a lot more about God. I've been lot, I've been learning a lot more about how he loves us and my relationship with him, which has been such a beautiful and wonderful thing. As as I say certain things to my son, I I feel like I also then hear um how God could be talking to us. So like so so in some for for example, if I say to my, if I say to my son like, "Hey, you know, Hey, don't touch that. Because if you touch that, you can get hurt. He'll cop a little attitude. And then I'll be, and a lot of times I'll be like, that's okay. Be, be mad, but do what I'm telling you to do. Because ultimately I know what's best for you. I can't cater to your feelings right now because I need to make sure that you're safe. And I make sure, and I need to make sure that you're on the path that I have for you because I know what's best for you. And so that's in the same way. You Can't you already hear like Holy Spirit in that same way of like, hey, don't go that way. I know you're upset that you didn't get that promotion. It's OK. Be mad. But I couldn't let that happen, because if you got that promotion, then I know that would not only cost you your peace, 
but I know that would cost our time together and you would give more attention to your job than you would to me. And we would lose out in our intimacy. And I know that there's a trial coming ahead of you. And I need you to be prepared for that trial because I don't want it to take you out. Rather, I need it to develop you. And so, no, I can't give you the promotion because of all the other things that I have planned for you. So just trust me to know that I see what's best for you. Can't you hear the heart of a father in that way? And so with that, I, I've, I've learned so much about God and how he loves me. And also, I don't have the relationship I have with the Lord Jesus Christ without my son being born. Because I, I told y'all earlier that I, I started to get up a little bit earlier than everybody just to have a little bit of time to myself. That time ended up being my devotional time, my worship time, and it would be my time like it, it, it's morphed and changed over the years, but at first it would just be I would cook breakfast in the morning um, because for me, I, I experience God in the mundane. So if I'm doing like a mundane task to where I could just do the task and not really think about it, I can then really like zero in on the words of a worship song or the words of a preacher, of a preaching or, or something like that. And so the morning times have become uh, quite special to me. Uh, a, t a time to pray, a time to worship, a, a time to hear God and everything. And so the, the, those times I've dedicated um, to just get my mind right, to, to set the day in order. And they've become so pivotal for me. And I don't get into that rhythm with God if that little boy isn't born without me thinking, okay, I know he's normally going to get up at this time. So I need to get up ahead of everybody else just so I can have some intimate time with my father. That, that speed that has happened because of me becoming a parent, plain and simple. And what, what else have I learned? I, I've, I've learned that being a parent makes you face you. Because your your child is literally, literally a mini you. All some of the good qualities and some of the undesirable qualities about you, not your spouse, you, are found in your child. And so then it also makes you address certain things within you. So like, for example, I, I told you that like, hey, when he doesn't eat, it like really fills me up with like rage and everything like that. Now, I have to be careful on how I express my anger to my son. And so I need to make sure that I do it in a healthy way and not a way that's not going to like bring him down or anything like that. And, and, and another thing with that, too, like you have to get over stuff quick being a parent. Like, like you can't stay in an irritated state or can't stay like super mad or aggravated, you can have your moment and time. That's fine. But especially for small children, the minute that they're not listening or do something wrong and you correct them, they're reaching out right then, right there of like, oh, I need a hug or, you know, like, you know, they, they just want to be consoled, consoled and just like get that reassurance that like you still love them, even though like you just yelled at them or something like that. It, it, it it's a thing that like if I try to stay if I try to stay prideful and say like no I have a right to be mad and everything like that yada 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 then I'm not giving my child what they need. Being a parent is so selfless, man. Like 
everything we do is around his schedule. There are certain events or things, even like family events and things that we won't go to or we'll leave early or whatever the case may be because we know that uh, it's just nap time during this time. And maybe we, maybe we're too strict. But again, th- this is our parent good. So this is what works for us. Um, there'll be certain functions where like, hey, we know we can't get to that or we'll hit you all up afterward because we know this is what he needs to function. This is what he needs. And this is what we think is best for him. And so we can't apologize for it. We just have to work around his schedule, um, plain and simple. And 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 so it, it's such a selfless thing to say, hey, I'm going to steward this young life and make sure that they're set up in the best way to be an adult and and to make sure that they're healthy all around. So kind of getting back to the point I was saying that being a being a parent has to make you like face you. A, a lot of times when I like I pop off or like when I like get mad or something like that, I really have to stop and check myself as far as like why am I mad? Why am I yelling right now? Is yelling right now the best way to get the results that I'm looking for? Maybe I don't need to yell. Maybe I'm just doing what I feel like the only thing I can do. And maybe really my yelling is an indication of my immaturity of how to even manage my own feelings. And so while I'm trying to deal with an irrational toddler and saying, hey, don't yell or don't scream or or anything like that, when I get frustrated, I'm doing the same thing. And so he's not really hearing what I'm saying. He's seeing what I'm doing. And so he's learning that when I'm frustrated, I yell and scream and do all that so then that makes me like look at me as like, okay, I need to do better. I, I need to be more um emotionally intelligent to that to say that, okay, I can't yell at every situation. I can't um throw a fit in every little thing. I like I have to be patient. I have to be the adult here. I have to be the parent here. Um, and to make sure that even, even yes, our children are young or your child may be young or no matter the case, they're going to be younger than you, but to still treat this person with a modicum of respect and decency. I hope that all making sense. Um, so, you know, that's just some of the things that I, I am, am learning and I'm learning every day because this is my first time being a parent. And first time having a three-year-old. And when he turns four, it'll be my first time having a four-year-old. When he gets into his preteens, first time having preteens. So the lessons never stop. But as long as I stay close to my father, who's the only one that can teach me how to be a good father, because he is a great father. He is a good father. He is Abba. As long as I stay connected to him, then I'll be the best father I can be for Damien. And the last thing I'll say, especially um, growing up being a, a black person, one thing that I've been trying to implement a lot more is apologizing. Because typically within the black culture, your parents tell you to do something. It's just that you ask no questions. You cop no attitude or anything. And even if they're wrong, like you're you're not usually you're not going to hear and I'm sorry. And I didn't want to raise my son in that way. I wanted to make sure that I own up when I'm wrong, when, man, I yelled when I shouldn't have or, you know, whatever the case may be. 
to to make sure that I apologize so that he knows that I'm not perfect and I don't have it all together. And so that he knows that, like, yo, I can be wrong and own up when I'm wrong so that when he's wrong. Later down in the future, he can own up to it because he saw his dad and he and he saw his dad do it and he and he knows what that's like, you know. And so it, it's it's there's so much more I can talk about, um, but there's a specific time limit that I want to keep on this podcast. Um, but that's just some of the beautiful things that I'm learning concerning being a parent. Next week, we're gonna go a a, a step further into this um, because when you clicked on this podcast, when you clicked on this episode, you saw that it said part one. So in general, I'm just talking about in general the things that I'm learning being apparent next week we're going to get a little bit deeper um and i'm going to get a little bit more vulnerable and transparent and i'm going to talk about being a stay-at-home parent as a man i am the stay-at-home parent in my family dynamic right now and so that that's going to be a great episode uh you're definitely not you definitely don't want to miss that one Um, Because you're going to hear even more of me and my story and some more of the things that I'm learning and everything. Because I knew I couldn't catch it all in this one episode. And so make sure you tune in for the next episode. If you haven't um, listened to the first three already, make sure you go back, listen to the first three. We're going to keep pounding away at all of these different it's, all these different topics. We're going to talk about it, give you the real so that you can live a free life. This has been another episode of As Quiet As It's Kept. I'll see y'all next week. Mm-hmm.